Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Cookie Speaks Words. I am Cookie, and I am going to be doing a bit of a solo pod today because there's a couple of TV shows that I have watched that I really wanted to review, and uh, I'm going to get into some of them. And this is only available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so all of you people that are watching it there, you get that exclusive right to be watching it because it's yeah, not too big yet. But maybe in good time it will be if enough of these awesome reviews come out. We'll see. Today I'm going to be reviewing Alice in Borderland. Now, Alice in Borderland is a Netflix show. It is a Japanese live action show. The only reason I say live action in this situation is it's the first time I've actually watched a Japanese show that wasn't anime. And, um, well, we'll see how I felt about that. It uh, finished off its final season at the end of 2022. So I'm a little bit late here, but not ridiculously. I've watched both of the two seasons. And, uh, well, I got some things to say. I'm going to keep it spoiler-free at the beginning, because I'm sure there's a decent amount of you probably haven't seen it, so maybe you would want to or want not to, based on what I'm going to say in the next few minutes. And then I might get into some more spoiler territory as we go, so, you know, listen to the non-spoiler version, go watch it, and come back for the spoiler version, whatever works for you crazy people. I'm not sure if I entirely know what would be your best situation, but I'm sure you know, so... Let's get into it. Alright, so... To review this entire show, I will simply say this. It's... Well, you know what? Before I give it my full review, let me just tell you exactly what this show is, for those of you who do not know. So, Alice in Borderland is, like I said, it's a live-action Japanese show. But it follows this group of... uh, I'd say they're probably like teenage dudes or maybe college age, uh, pro- yeah, college age dudes uh, living in Tokyo, and <clears throat> they suddenly find themselves in a very strange place. They come out of a bathroom basically, and all of a sudden, all of Tokyo is abandoned. There's nobody anywhere, and they are not sure what the hell's going on. And they end up realizing that they're being forced to play these games. Now, these games are brutal. And you will die if you lose, and even... (laughs) And uh, there's just... There's a lot of different kinds of games, and that kind of progresses through the seasons. They try and figure out exactly where they are, try to figure out exactly what they are, why they are. A lot of existential thoughts going on in this, too. It's a very deep um, and interesting show with a lot of moving parts. So, that's essentially what the show is. And I really fucking loved it. I love this show. I thought this was one of the best shows I've seen in a very long time. To give it a straight up review, I would say 9.5 out of 10. It's not exactly perfect. It's very, very close. It has a ton of interesting characters, a ton of very, very interesting games. Uh, It's just, it really leaves you, um, leaves you just kind of wondering what in the world's going on. There's this always feeling of suspense. And this game is not a, or this game, this show is not afraid to uh, kill people off. And you know, I won't get too deep into that because that's going to be spoiler version. Maybe I'll get into that a little later on. Um, but in order to keep this spoiler free at the beginning, I'm just going to tell you this is a this is a terrific show. It is uh, it's very deep. It has a lot of themes that I don't think you'll find in too many of what we're used to in American media, which is why. I do enjoy anime and some other 
um, country's TV from time to time to get a kind of different perspective than what I'm used to in America, different ideals, different morals, uh, different beliefs that you get from other cultures and Japanese culture, especially really has a lot of that going on in this show too. Um, so to go over some big pieces, the acting is pretty great. I, I wouldn't say it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, it depends on the characters. Some of them do an extremely good job. Some of them slack a little bit more, but for the most part, I, I don't think there's any major issues with acting. Uh, but it, and it's a it's a hard role because you're finding yourself in this insane situation that you have to kind of make uh, believable for the audience. And and, and basically, I, I think they do a pretty good job. The uh, you know looking at things like the cinematography, it's uh, pretty outstanding. Now special effects are a bit up and down with this show. Some of the special effects are pretty incredible. I mean, there is a scene, this is very early in the show, so I don't mind spoiling this. There's a scene where, basically, like I said, Tokyo's empty. And I don't know exactly how they did this. I don't know how much CGI was involved, how much was practical effects. But, you know, they take the Shibuya Crossing, which is, you know, the most uh, busy intersection in the world. Uh, with it has like thousands of people crossing it all the time. It's, it's an incredible sight when, you know, people cross that. Uh, a giant road intersection and in this show they managed to make it completely blank like they got rid of all the people now maybe this was done with cgi but i think they might have done something practical here i mean i know in 28 days or 28 weeks later there's a very famous scene in london where it's the apocalypse there and killian murphy is looking around and there's just nobody on any of the roads in a very busy part of london that's kind of the same effect they have here, and I am curious if they actually... I should have looked this up, honestly. But I'm not sure if they actually did that themselves um, and and just like cut it off for a short period of time so they could get these shots, uh, which is what they did in 28 days or weeks later. Or if they just did this with CGI. I, I'm not sure because this is, like, is the busiest place in the world as far as foot traffic. So for them to literally get rid of everybody in the area, I don't know how they did that uh, without doing some sort of CGI. And then even if it is CGI, I'm not sure how they did it with CGI because that would also be very difficult. So, you know, that's an incredible effect. Uh, and it really does give you this very, very ominous wow feeling right out of the gate. There are some effects that don't go over that well. Um, there's a flood scene at one point, and it looks very fake. <laughs> there's a lot of effects that are fairly fake, so there is some problems with that. Uh, but that that's a minor thing. I don't think it. They're never so bad that it really hurts the product. You're like, Ew. you don't really get that situation with this show very much. Uh, there there are just some scenes that are that you know do look a little tacky and don't look very realistic. Um, one of the strongest points in this show, like I said, is the games. Uh, the games have a very interesting format to them. They're based around playing cards. And you'll find out very early in the story that the playing cards based on the suit, whether it be clubs, spades, hearts, or diamonds, is a different sort of game. And the higher the number is on the card, that is how difficult the game is. It's, it's an incredibly interesting, concise story in the way that they tell it. I think it's really, really smart. There's a lot of very smart things plot-wise. And I think that's probably the strongest suit of the suit. Strongest suit of this game 
is or of this <laughs> i keep calling it a game but it's you know it's a tv show but it is basically a game within a show but the strongest suit of the show is just how insanely creative it is with the plot i think it does an incredible job there of making it really really interact not not interactive but um what's the word i'm looking for here engaging it really engages the audience member into it because you you know everybody loves to watch games but these games have unbelievable stakes obviously life or death and in that way i know it has similarities with squid game um but it does still do things very differently than squid game does i think so it still has that going for it also one of the stronger points of this show is the characters the characters like i said the acting is pretty solid but the character development, I think, is even better. Because one thing Japanese, or at least I see anime do it all the time, is they do a pretty good job of doing these little flashbacks in a way that really shows you the depth of the character. And I've found that to be better in anime than a lot of American shows that I watch. They really give you that depth of character. And they're not afraid to just do it right away in a way that seems... I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if American shows think it's... it's it, you know, I get the show don't tell kind of thing you know you want to show that person's character but sometimes it's just better and it's just shorter to just tell us straight up okay what does kind of define this character and they do that a lot in this show and i think it's very effective it really creates a lot of very interesting characters for you to you know kind of traverse the world with um i, th I think this does a really really good job of that outside of that there is also just, you know, the dialogue in this show, I'm not going to say it's unbelievable. One of the problems with dialogue always is when you're talking about shows that are translated, obviously, dialogue is going to lose a little bit of the poetry in some ways, uh, just because, you know, changes from language to language sometimes can hurt the depth because a word can mean a little bit more in another language than another language. <laughs> but... You know, the dialogue's still very solid. It's still very engaging and interesting. And this show, in some ways, does have an anime feel to it in, in live action. But I think it still works really, really well. It's it's very interesting. Uh, you always want to see the next episode. It's a very, very, very good show. And then as far as the, you know, where everything more or less ends up in the ending, I think it's very satisfying with just a tinge of wonder. Um, now I'm pretty sure that season two is supposed to be the end of this series. There are some rumors that season three could be in the works. It is technically possible with the ending that they have, but probably would be a bad idea. I think it's a very, very interesting concept with the ending. And I think you can draw your own conclusions from it, which I'm not usually a big fan of the, let the audience draw their own conclusions. But if you do it in the right way, like Inception is one of my favorite endings of all time. And Inception, of course, has an extremely, you know, people can draw their own conclusions ending. A very open-ended kind of ending, which I'm usually not a fan of. But in the right show, in the right movie, in the right story, it, it kind of works. And I think it works in Alice in Borderland like it worked in Inception. Um, and I've come up with what I thought the conclusion was, and I think it's absolutely brilliant because I'm awesome. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, it's a really, really good show. I would give it 9.5 out of 10. So this is the part where I'm going to get into some spoilers. I'm not going to go 
piece by piece it's it's just way too much it's not like breaking down a whole episode but i'm gonna try and hit most of the big points as i go and uh and kind of go from there so if you haven't watched it yet this is your spoiler warning i heavily recommend it it's on netflix it's a great watch um and uh yeah so let's jump uh let's let's jump into the breakdown a little bit here so like I said, the show basically starts out with them being unaware of where they're at. And I'm going to skip around a lot. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to break down every little piece. For one, it's been a couple weeks since I watched it and I'm not going to remember every little piece anyway. Um, but I think the first like penultimate moment, of course, now they do find the first game and that's where you start to realize, oh shit, here's the stakes and stuff like that. But I think the penultimate moment is in episode three when... You know, the three friends and this new, you know, hot girl, I guess they picked up. Which, by the way, just going to throw this out here. Good Lord Almighty. With the attractive Japanese women in this show. I'm not afraid to say this. It might make me seem a little perverted and stuff. My God. My God. There are some insanely beautiful women in this show. Uh, It's just they loaded it with that. And this is one thing that's a little unrealistic. Not that there's (laughs) not beautiful women. But the unrealistic part is like they're all made up and they have like makeup and stuff and they all look like they're they they look like the hottest like um, <laughs> survivalists I've ever seen. Like there's no way they would look that good in this situation, obviously, because you know there's no not they're they're basically like they're in the apocalypse, so it's kind of ridiculous that they all look as good as they do. But you know whatever it still made it enjoyable to watch that that is a that is a bit of realism that they just kind of throw in there but my god with the hot japanese women anyway the point is there was a uh japanese woman or a japanese hot girl with the three main protagonists of the show and they play this hide and seek game and in the hide and seek game they find out only one person can survive I thought this was a very clever game and a very clever idea, but it does make you wonder, okay, are they really going to kill off almost all the characters that we know already? And they do. Uh, They they kill all but one. So all the characters they built up and had a little bit of life to them, dead. This is when the show really took another step. I'm like, oh man, okay. So this show really has those crazy stakes. The Game of Thrones type show where like, okay, just because we built up this character, just because... You made you like this character? Well, now they're dead. And they leave you in this position in episode four. You're like, where could they go with this? There's so little characters we know. It's like they wiped out the entire script of the first three episodes by killing all the characters. It's a really uh, interesting, engaging idea. And they do a really, really good job of keeping the story going after that. With uh, I'm going to butcher names. I mean, they're Japanese names, so I'm going to butcher a lot of names. But Yuisugi. Yuisugi, I think, the girl... Um, who becomes a obviously very important character. The one partially disappointing thing I have about the show, though, is that that's kind of where that ends to some extent. Like they have that crazy moment of like, "Hey, we're not afraid to kill people," and they kind of struggle to kill main characters after that. Uh, they kill a lot of side characters, but even the side characters start to have this plot armor thing. But it doesn't really make sense because the plot armor. Why would they have plot armor with their side characters? And they're not essential to the plot. There's a lot of characters survive in ways that are kind of odd. But I can kind of live with it. But it is one thing that kind of keeps this show from being a little bit better. 
but they make you think a lot of times those characters are dead and then they're not. They start to have a problem, especially in the end of the second season of this, like these like side characters just surviving everything. It's like, okay, this is getting a little old and a little ridiculous. So that that's one problem they kind of had. They did a decent job of killing people off, I guess, but but in a situation like this where so many people die from these games, it started to get a little unrealistic that everybody that we knew somehow just kept surviving. Uh, that kind of hurt it in some ways. It kind of took away some of the brutality of like, hey, we got to know this these couple of characters. Oh, shit, they're dead. Um, there was a decent amount of that going on. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it kind of went up and down there. Uh, the next big thing you kind of get to see is the beach. I love the beach. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I'll say chapter, but it's not the word I'm looking for. But the beach chapter of Alice in Borderland I thought was really, really cool. Introduces us to a lot of interesting characters. Um, and, you know, we get to... I mean, I guess we saw Chishia before this. Uh, Kwame, I think was her name. She shows up at the beach. Um Minaki? I don't remember the name. So there, there's a decent amount of characters that show up during the beach uh, part of this. You know, I, I love the element of this entire, you know, area where they basically start to all try to group together in this Tokyo Paradise Hotel where you're basically allowed to do anything, but they're kind of under this monarchy of a dangerous monarchy with, you know, guns and stuff. And it kind of, it was interesting and different, and I like the way that they did it. There are some things that were a little off and not and a little strange during this, but it was still very engaging. And again, the games during this period of time are doing such an incredible job of just being so creative. There's so many creative games, and the endings to the games are so satisfying. I think that's the most, one of the most important things about this show is that they have these games... And they build up like, oh, what could it be? What could it be? What could it be? And then the ending to these games is like, all right, that's that's interesting. Now, maybe I'm an idiot because I have heard from some people they seem to think the games were kind of predictable. I certainly couldn't. Maybe I'm just dumb. <laughs> maybe I suck at games. I wouldn't last long in this world. But I thought they were actually really, really interesting. So I enjoyed the games a lot. The beach game I thought was a nice little twist and very creative. And I like the way that they did it. And I like the way that they developed the characters in those situations, too. Um, season 1, I thought, was especially good. I think Season 2 is a slight drop from Season 1, where they go into the face cards as opposed to just the normal cards. It isn't quite as good for me as Season 1, but still very, very good. Um, and a very creative idea creative outlook but like i said season two they really struggled to kill characters off I, I think that was one big downer for me is that they really had issues with the characters um you know and actually allowing them to die <laughs> that became a big problem in season two and the format does kind of change because now you're into the more expert games and stuff like that um but I will say some of the games were especially interesting. Chishia's games were incredibly interesting. Uh, Chishia, I think he has two different games that, they pl that just he played in. They were just incredibly interesting. The, uh, the prison game and the game in the, like, the lawyer game, I guess is what you'd call it. Incredibly interesting and incredibly dark. <laughs> it was incredibly dark. But I thought it was very, very cool how they did all those scenes. I really, really enjoyed that. And just extremely engaging stuff i think 
I'm trying to think of stuff that I definitely want to talk about from this time period. I I think you know it started to morph in season two. From season one was like we got to get out of this hellhole. The season two started to show the world as well. Maybe it's not as much of a hellhole, which I think was a really really interesting and creative way of doing that too. I, I really like how that story kind of progresses into this. Maybe living in this world is a better idea. Like they start to get this idea that maybe we're going to have a choice here because some of the you know face card people seem like they had some sort of a choice so you know the main characters start to get that idea that maybe we have some sort of a choice and uh yeah i I think that that's a very interesting premise and you know it goes a lot of different ways um there's a lot of different things that happen i think some of my some of my favorite stuff is just seeing how they managed to make those games have interesting conclusions or when they were up against the wall because there happens a lot in these games is they they seem to be in these unattainable situations like there doesn't seem to be a way that they can win and they find ways to win and they're creative and they're smart I, I think I think that's the biggest thing for me is just how smart the finishes to some of the games are like the the game of I, I don't know exactly what you would call that game where they had to touch the poles to get points and stuff and then if like you know and and the way that they found a way to win that game by cutting the guy's arm off basically brutally was really really smart and that that wouldn't be something the opposing team would see coming and it's also something that should work you know there was a lot of moments like that like wow that's actually really really clever very smart how they did that how they put the whole thing together there's a lot of that in this show and i really really appreciate that so I'm going to go ahead and jump over to the ending. Now the ending for me, you know, it gets very existential. I'm not a huge fan of existential stuff, to be honest with you, but um, it kind of was interesting how they decided to develop that. But the most interesting thing is how this game ultimately ends in the, oh, I keep calling it a game, how this show ultimately ends with, you know, the characters basically coming to a conclusion that this world is meant to, um, meant to be a situation where you know you earn the right to go back more or less by showing how badly you want to live and you know the borderlands end up being a you know place where in between death and life i guess is basically what it was now i've also heard that this is a popular trope in anime now this is my first engagement with it and i haven't watched a ton of anime so you know, I'm not used to this trope of the of a borderland kind of situation where or like a purgatory kind of where they have to fight for their life. This is a new premise for me. So, you know, to see this to see this premise I thought was unbelievably interesting and very different and something I'm very not used to. That being said, uh, you know, that's not always the case for everybody, but for me this was this was different and very unique. But I have heard that apparently that happens a lot in anime. So that may be a downer for, for some people. Uh, but but I really, really enjoy it. I thought it was a really creative idea. Apparently a meteor basically hit Tokyo. Which to me is a little strange. But I mean, I, I guess it could happen. It's just... I always think if a meteor hits Earth, it's just going to blow up the whole Earth. But that doesn't really happen. And I don't know when the last time I recorded history, a meteor actually hit the ground and killed a lot of people. All that to say, that's basically what happens, and it, you know, knocks all these people out, and they, more or less, whether they get to live again or not, depends on whether they survive the games. They don't have any memory of the games. 
but they have a new appreciation for life. And I think that's a really, really cool kind of ending. The two main characters find each other, even though they don't remember each other and kind of get together. Now that I've seen in anime a couple of times, which is interesting. But <laughs> the um, the very, very end, like, you know, the, we've, we've been seeing these cards throughout, like the Ace of Spades or the Four of Hearts or something, you know, and they collected all the cards, so all the cards should be done. But there is one card left, and you see it pop up on a coffee table outside in the real world where there's literally just a joker card left now the joker card i think is a really really interesting idea i know in the manga they do different things with the joker um and there, there are things they could do this this could mean a lot of things it could mean that a season three is coming where the joker who i believe is supposed to be kind of the god of the borderlands more or less is what i believe is supposed to be and maybe that will be what season three is. Could happen. I kind of doubt it. I think what they're doing with the with that card is basically saying life is the Joker's game. I think that's really, really interesting, really smart, and really cool. That's my best guess for what it is. That they're like, okay, you're out of the games, but you kind of aren't. Because now you're playing in the Joker's game, which is life. And you could take that a lot of different ways. You could take that life sucks, or you could take it as life's just so crazy and interesting. You know, so that's kind of where that existential kind of stuff comes from, too, without a, the speech before that was extremely existential. Anyway, all this to say, you know, I think that's a really interesting idea. You could think of it a lot of different ways, too. You could say that the Joker's still up to things, and there should be this creepy feel, ominous feel over the ending, which they do kind of give you because that's the last image you have. Which, to me, at first was disappointing because it has such a nice, happy bookend to it. And then they throw that in there. It's like, okay, now I can't feel as happy about it. But in general, I thought this was a fantastic show. It was extremely entertaining. It was extremely fun to watch. Um, and I really just kept wanting to watch more. And every time the show ended, or an episode ended, I would get this feeling of, whew, wow. You know, and almost every single episode. And that, that for me is the show of a or is the telltale sign of a really really good show so for me alice in borderlands one of the best shows i've probably ever seen uh it's an absolute classic nine and a half out of ten for me definitely something i would recommend to pretty much anybody i don't really know anybody who wouldn't want to see this maybe if you've watched too much anime and you've you know kind of seen some of the tropes of where this plot's going then yeah maybe that won't work out that well for you but in general i think this is a Terrific, terrific show that I would heavily recommend to anybody. So, um, if you guys like this, you know, please give us a five star, uh, five star review. It, it means a lot. It's the only thing that really propels this uh, podcast forward. There's not a whole lot of other options for growth um, outside of that. But if you share this around, I would really appreciate it too. Uh, I do have some plans to potentially do more of these little solo ones and TV shows that. I'm still interested, but maybe Bohan isn't. Um, you know, stuff like this is definitely something I think I would like to do uh, even more of. So, if you guys like this, please let me know one way or another. Uh, maybe through the Discord if you're already in there. Um, so, thank you guys so much for listening, and until next time. Bye.